And welcome back to the show, folks. We are here with none other than the Warrior Bonfire Program. We have with us, joining us on, on our little show today here, we have retired Lieutenant Colonel, Mr. Mike Foss. Mike, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And we also have with us the Vice President of the Warrior Bonfire Program, Ms. Helen Phillips. Helen, thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks for having us. You bet, you bet. So basically, uh, as we've uh, we've talked before, really the purpose of these things is to let people get to know who you guys are, what the bonfire does, so on and so forth. So uh, with that being said, uh, Mike, to you, what is the Warrior Bonfire Program? Well, I, I gotta kind of tell you how we got how we got started, um, and to really tell you what what we do. Okay. Um, Back in sometime in 2012, uh, a, a buddy of mine, an old army buddy of mine, a guy that, named Dan Fordyce that I started my army career with, um, he decided that he wanted to take some wounded veterans on a hunting trip. Uh, Dan has got Dan and his brother got a great place of hunting property, you know, an hour outside of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And Dan, being who Dan is, he just starts calling Walter Reed and and Bamsey and Balboa and all these big military hospitals and they're telling him, who are you? Go away. Don't call again. Um, so, so, you know, Dan got the idea that, well, if I'm going to do this, I probably need to start a nonprofit. So somebody will listen to me. Um, and, and so he, the warrior bonfire program was, was formed. And Dan still with just the idea, he just wanted to take some guys, show them a good time. And Dan was introduced to a, uh, a medically retired Army Sergeant First Class guy, a guy named uh, Chuck Williams, who had been injured in an RPG attack. And, and, and GCC, as we call him, uh, first thing he told Dan is, hey, we don't need to go all over to Walter Reed and all these big Army hospitals. Uh, there, we can find guys in our own backyard being Mississippi and Louisiana. GCC also told Dan that, you know, I could spend all day with a certified counselor and not find the therapeutic value of just hanging around with five, with five or six guys that had been there. And so, so that's kind of the direction of where we went. That's kind of the inspiration. And so Dan, still thinking he's just going to show these guys a good time, uh, Dan and GCC find five other guys, and he takes the six of them up to, his, up to their hunting place. And after the first night, everybody's gone to sleep. And, and Dan and his brother Hunter are like, holy crap, there's a lot more going on around here than, um, than just deer hunting. Um, and so, so I tell you that because that kind of leads to who we are and what we do. Um, the Warrior Bonfire Program serves Purple Heart recipients, those guys wounded in combat at the hand of the enemy. And we take them on, on what we call today bonfire retreats, typically six at a time, because um, GCC said five or six. And we take them on bonfire retreats throughout the country. We'll, we'll, and, and the idea is to show, still show them a good time, get them in the great outdoors, because there's healing in the great outdoors. You know, so we go fishing, we go hunting, we go skiing, we go snowmobiling, we go surfing, we've done caving, 
We've done an NASCAR experience. We've done a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Um, you know, you name it, we're do, we've done it or, or would like to do it. Um, and the idea is to get them in the great outdoors because there's healing. But um, what really truly happens is, A, there's a bond amongst veterans. Um, and when veterans get together, they bond. And when you take wounded guys, um, that bond even happens more quickly. And, and, and so what, what happens is they start opening up to each other, talking to each other, helping each other, telling each other their story. Um, over the past, you know, seven years that I've been involved in this organization, um, I've truly come to believe that, that folks that, that have dealt through traumatic experiences in their life can only truly open up to someone uh, that's been through the similar experience. Um, and what's more traumatic than war every day for a year at a shot? Um, and I'll give you three little examples, none of which have anything to do with the Warrior Bonfire Program. The first example is, is, uh, is, one of, is a traumatic experience, but it's a happy traumatic experience. When a woman goes through childbirth, she can really only explain that, talk about that with another woman that's been through childbirth. I mean, I was in the room three times and I don't get it. Um, so, so, so there's that happy experience where they can only true up. And then the, the next one I'll give you an example of is my son. Um, when my son was a senior in high school, December 13th of 2013, um, there was a shooting at his school. Uh, my son was two classrooms away. He heard the Molotov cocktails go off. He heard the gunfire. He knew the girl that was killed. He knew the shooter that ended up taking his own life. His own life. Um, and my son to this day has never talked to me, my wife, his big brother, his big sister about what he experienced that day. Right, right. Who do they talk to? Classmates, teachers, coaches, people that were in that building. Um, and the third example I'll give you is, is a World War II vet named Philip Cassio. Um, in 2016, Dan, our founder, was interviewing Philip for the World War II Museum. And Philip had been in a B-17 bomber flying over the English Channel. They got shot down, but they were able to land in the water and get out in a lifeboat. Uh, but they were captured by the Nazis. And Philip spent 811 days in the German POW team. And he told Dan, and remember, this is, he's 97 at the time. He tells Dan that when his nightmares would come, what we call PTSD today. Um, he would call up one of the guys that had been in the POW camp with him, talk it through, nightmares would go away. And then he tells Dan, now all those guys are gone. I got no one to talk to. And I have the nightmares almost daily. So Jeez. one of the biggest things the Warrior Bonfire Program does is help these guys build bigger and stronger support communities as their nightmares come through the rest of their life. Um, and, and we do two formal things besides all the recreational stuff. And then I'll shut up. Um, is, is, is one, night one, we sit around and everybody tells their story. 
um, and how they got hurt and what happened to them and those kind of things. And, you know, some guys open up right away. Some guys, they, it might be a day or two. Um, I've never been at one of those, uh, one of those things where there wasn't at least one guy that at least had contemplated, if not attempted to take their own life. Um, And the other thing we do at the end, we do a bonfire retreat and what a bonfire ceremony, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And, and what we do is we retire a U.S. flag and everybody gets three stripes of the flag, red, white, and blue, and they retire each stripe in honor of a fallen comrade. Um, now you can imagine that gets pretty emotional very much. Yeah. Yet it's also very healing. Uh, think of that guy that's got survivor's guilt and, and he's got to retire that stripe into the fire in honor of that guy. And, and in the back of his mind, he's got that survivor's guilt, but he's also got it telling him, I got to keep going for that guy. For my buddy. And then a lot of guys, they never had an opportunity to say goodbye to someone that was killed when they were injured. Um, and it gives them that opportunity. Um, and in a real small period of time, that's where your bonfire. I can tell you after, after being um, at the one in Missouri there, that that was, it was a moving, moving experience for sure uh, at the end there. And I was, I was uh, thoroughly humbled just to kind of, to take my place back and watch these warriors go through that ceremony there. It was, like I said, it was, it was very moving. You know, you touched on one thing, Mike, there that I think is the most important is that while you know, recreational therapy is a real thing. Uh, we know that there's plenty of organizations such as the bonfire that, you know, help provide those avenues really at the heart of this is that connection piece. You know what I mean? It's, it's providing that connection and that conduit for people uh, just through, through many people working together, you know, for that. It's one of those, I, I in a previous interview I did with the uh, Romans Warrior Foundation, I, I made the statement that I can't understand what these guys go through because I've never, I've never walked it. I've never lived it. I don't know. There's, I can, I could say I understand, but it'd be a lie. I, I don't understand but I most certainly understand that I can listen, I can pay attention and understand the severity piece, you know, of that and, uh, and to just try to, uh, you know, provide that conduit to connect them with folks like you. Um, Helen, if you wouldn't mind, what is it that you do with the bonfire? We've heard from Mike as far as what the, uh, what the bonfire is. What is it that you do uh, with the bonfire program? So mostly I, um, I run the whole side of the veteran services piece. Um, uh, when someone registers, most often I'm the first one that they speak to at the bonfire. Um, I uh, coordinate and arrange uh, most all of the, the events that we do, the retreats. Um, I also help. Uh, we have a group of volunteers that uh, call each um, each quarter, they call. Every, we have we have them. Everybody separated out. That they have about forty individuals that they call each um, each quarter to uh, check in on them and make sure that they're doing all right. Nice. Uh, I also tend to be the one that when um, I tend to because I've made some of those personal connections, and Mike has too. We all have several personal connections uh, throughout this organization, uh, and that that's one of the things that we we strive to do. But um, 
I, I, I tend to learn that, you know, some of them are having very unique uh, struggles. And depending on that type of struggle, I will try to look for resources and connect them to other organizations to help them in, in whatever capacity they need at that point in time. Um, so kind of in a, in a quick, uh, short gist, that's, that's what I do. But nice. um, I, through our events, and, and I mean, Mike, you know, touched on all of it incredibly well. But uh, one other thing that we like to pride ourselves in is is we bridge the gap and the, the gap between the civilian community and the military community and um i'm living you know, proof of that right <laughs> like we we give we give a lot of civilians the opportunity to say thank you when otherwise they feel really awkward um you know we give them that ability through either uh, giving them gifts or you know at our events or helping organize a dinner or multiple dinners or the activities such as yourself, um, you know, and, and, and when we do that, our veterans, um, and, and not all our veterans are active duty, but uh, they come back um, just amazed and that learning that there are people that actually care for many of them. They don't believe that there are a lot of civilians that actually care about uh, what what they've been through and what they're currently going through and that they can uh, relate or understand or um, have empathy at all. And so when they see our volunteers interacting with them at some of our events, um, they, it, it really is moving for them. We had one uh, come back from a South Dakota um, uh, event that we had. It was at a, at a ranch in, in South Dakota and it was a, a cattle branding event. And um, basically, the community comes together to help this ranch uh, brand their cattle, you know, pull in the cattle, brand them all and mm-hmm. do what they do. <laughs> and, right. um, and one of his, his, his quote was, you know, he's, he looked around, he saw all these families, and there were a lot of children out there helping them and interacting with them. And he said, this is the America I fought for. It gave him that, that reminder um, that this is, this is what he fought for. So when we take them to different areas around the country, you know, we take somebody from Mississippi and they're skiing in Colorado or <laughs> somebody from, you know, South Dakota and we put them on the beach in San Diego. Um, it, it gives them the, the opportunity to, to see and do different things. And, and again, remind them that there is, there is a huge nation that needed them and and that they protected and they have preserved uh, for the time being. So it's, it's, su- a, it's a really incredible thing. That's super powerful. And I speaking from my own experience of going and, and, and being there, um, you know, I, I credit the warrior bonfire program is, is, is that retreat uh, in Missouri changed everything. Uh, for for us, I mean, for many years I, I competed, 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 and that was my primary focus. And then I wanted to find a way to to use my time instead of you know promoting products, uh, promote you know things that actually made a difference in the community. That was kind of my focus. I can tell you, folks, after that retreat, we took that idea, amplified it, and flipped everything. And now, where we have our have our business, I mean. The uh, the small story I wanted to share here about this is the the final night at the bonfire as we're all sitting around one of the uh, one of the the warriors is there and and 
he made the statement, Helen, what you were speaking to about time. He said, you know, it's it's one thing to donate funds and so forth. And they're very grateful for that. Obviously, when, when people do donate funds, we need funds to keep things moving. But not everybody donates their time. And he he looked over at me and uh, the the property owner that had donated the usage of the property for us that that uh, that deal, and he said it's true patriots like you folks that really really bring this home, and that's why today I mean, we literally with it was within maybe two three weeks of being home I filed for it. We now have the True Patriot Outfitters online. This is the True Patriot podcast. Because I'll tell you of a few titles and things that I've been called throughout my life, <laughs> I, I have never been more proud than hearing that coming uh, coming from that gentleman there. That was that meant so much uh, to me to hear that. And now that is our, our primary focus. Fishing will have to take care of itself. We're still going to compete. We're still going to be out there. It, it kind of it provides things that make this all make sense. But in the same note, our focus, our time, our energy is right here. You know, and that was because of the bonfire. I, I've seen those connections that uh, that you guys have both spoke about. I've seen it firsthand. I knew it was there. You know, the science and the paperwork told me so. But seeing it, man, that just that just stamps that home so so importantly. Um, so, Mike, what would you say if we had to narrow this down? I mean, we've kind of covered a lot of it, but if you if you could sum it up, what would you say would be the primary goal of the Warrior Bonfire Program? What what is the you know overall well, big picture? The overall big picture is yeah. is we're there um, to serve those that, through their service to us all, um, were wounded, um, and ultimately what we're what we're trying to do is is build support communities for them, help them build support communities, help foster their healing, help improve their lives, and ultimately. Um, save their lives. Veteran suicide is, you know, we, as a nation, we did a great job. We took that number from 22 veterans a day, taking their lives down and got it down to 17. Uh, And then the pandemic hit. um, And and because of the isolation incurred by the pandemic or mandated by the pandemic, that number shooting back up again. Um, But that's it. Support communities, foster healing, improve and save lives. And Helen, on this, on this very topic, one of the things that I think was so important, you guys had mentioned about this is that full support, right? And not only do uh, you guys do bonfires for the Purple Heart recipient uh, veterans, but also their spouses. You've done retreats for the spouses. Uh, Talk, talk about that. That is, that is super cool. I mean, that's the, that's the lifeblood for most of these veterans, you know, is the, the spouse, spousal support. Right. And I mean, one of the things that we talk about with them is, you know, that, that um, uh, example, you know, when you get on the, when you get on an airplane and you're going through the speech about being prepared, if something were to happen. And if you're traveling with a child, if when the oxygen mask drops, you first put it on yourself and then on that, the person that you're assisting, the children or, or elderly, and um, in, in the whole concept is, is if you can, if you're not breathing, then they're not going to breathe. Right. Exactly. So, um, so that's kind of the premise of a lot of our, our, of our spouse events. It's just giving them that chance to um, step back, rest and breathe a little bit 
And, and again, just like with the veteran retreats, it's um, giving them that place where they can freely talk about uh, what's going on at home and, um, and, and, and to support each other to, you know, to help each other uh, maintain their marriages. Um, so many of these marriages end in divorce just because of the, just the difficulty the stress, uh, that yeah. they incur um, and the stress. And, you know, it, it really has been amazing to watch the groups that we've taken um, uh, just, just bond. And, um, it, but some of the things I, I wasn't prepared for was uh, uh, for one, um, you know, at the bonfire, we take them through the bonfire ceremony because uh, we want them to understand um, why they're, why their spouses like to come back so much. Um, and, and why they feel so comfortable, uh, at, at our events. Um, and so the bonfire is part of that. So that, that ceremony. And, and so what was interesting was several of them, um, it particularly at this one event, but it's happened at, at more than one is that when they go around and they're retiring the stripes in honor of those they lost very often, they'll say, um, this is in honor of the husband that I sent off to war. And that oh, I lost, wow. Wow. they come back, you know, they come back different. Every experience in your life changes you. And in particular, when you've been at war. So, um, you know, uh, we hear those kind of comments. Um, I had one, she was completely terrified by the end of the, the weekend. She was happy to have been there and loved it, but she was really terrified at what she might find when she went home. Oh, geez. She was, you know, she was worried, you know, because um, he had been going through a rough time and she had people checking in. But at the same time, she was just really worried of, of what what she would find. And, um, and then a, another several of them have talked about that, um, especially those that that went through the service with their their spouse um, there because of. Uh, you know, the positions and the ranks and whatnot, they, they don't feel comfortable having conversations about the difficulties that are happening at home with other spouses uh, of active military. Um, mm -hmm. They're, they're pretty much <laughs> told to be quiet. Don't talk about what happens at home because they fear that it can affect um, right. their spouse's position. And, um, and so they learn to be really quiet. Then when they're put into a civilian community, um, they learn that when they do speak up with their friends about what's happening at home and their friends are not in this position with a, with a, a veteran, um, they can't understand how heavy it is. Right. And so then they're very often encouraged to leave. You, yeah. know, you don't deserve this. You can do better. You know, you can make it, make it on your own and, you know, so they're encouraged to get divorced very often. And so they learn to just be quiet and just not speak to anybody about it. And so mm -hmm. our space gives them that opportunity to open up and, and share. And it, it's been pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, I mean, it's, it's so important that that connection piece and, and understanding and then having an opportunity to speak with, like Mike was talking in the very beginning of this, you know, it's, if you, if you haven't been in that position, it's very difficult to make that, you know, that connection piece over there. Support structure is, I mean, 
without it, you know, even if when you realize that everyone has a support structure of some kind, if there's any success anywhere, it's not, it, it's never a singular, you know, individual. You've got, you know, you're the only ability that I have to, to be able to do the things that I'm doing right now uh, and to chase, you know, this, this thing that I was chasing a while back was because of my support structure. You know, if my kids wouldn't have been willing to share their time with me, I would have never been able to coach for all those years. Um, you know, it, we, all, we all have it, but it's even more so important, in my personal opinion, just with one of the things, Mike, we talked about last time we met um, that uh, credit uh, Dan Timmons is the first one who brought it to my attention. Uh, he's uh, one of the founders of the ranch. And Dan made the, you know, uh, come up with his coined his phrase, you know, it takes them eight to 10 weeks to recruit you, but then they decruit you inside of, you know, four or five days, you know, type thing. And so many of these, these vets are, you know, getting shoved out into the end of the world after, you know, experiences and such. And they're just not given the tools they need to fully, you know, combat that and handle that. So thank goodness for folks like you. Um, Mike, what would you say um, for 2022 specific? What, what are some things coming up here for this next, uh, this next year here that uh, the bonfire has, has planned and, and reaching for? Well, you know, we will, our plan right now is to do 24 bonfire retreats. Wow. Nice. Um, 20 of those for the Purple Hearts, two for spouses, and two for couples. Um, Wow. And we started doing couples retreats this spring, right, Helen? Just um, uh, we've done a, a couple in the past, but uh, the really last was. spring was really, really, the really structured one. towards right. couples conversations. Yeah. Nice. Um, and and uh, and then we we are in the ground stages of creating what we call beyond the bonfire. Um, and I can't really tell you what that's going to look like. Right. Um, but it's really kind of the, the next evolution of what we do. And, and we've, we, we've got notes, we've got a bunch of ideas, but we haven't put them all to paper. But the first thing we're going to do is, is, is we have uh, Purple Hearts um, that we've trained um, to lead bonfire retreats. For example, you had one in the, the one in Missouri that you went to uh, was led by a Purple Heart. But but we but we but we haven't we've done the training but it hasn't been full bore so we're bringing those leaders up to Colorado um, in February um, and we've got a ranch up in the mountains that you know you can't get away from unless you got the car keys <laughs> um, and we're going to go through through and and really train these these. American heroes on how to um, help their brothers and sisters at arms and how That's to awesome. lead these bonfire retreats. That's awesome. Because, um, you, you know, Helen and I get a heck of a lot out of giving with the Warrior Bonfire Program. Um, now, take the guy that's wounded that Purple Heart that's got post-traumatic stress and how much he or she is going to get out of helping his uh, 
fellow Purple Hearts. Um, so so that's, that's, that's the first step on Beyond the Bonfire. Um, but really, Beyond the Bonfire is going to be the next evolution of what, it's not going to stop us from doing what we're doing now. Um, but it's, what else do these guys need? We're going to interview Vietnam War veterans to, to find out what, what they were missing as they got older, what they needed. Nice. Um, and, and, and really make a plan for the future uh, to not only keep us viable, um, but to also uh, provide for, for those American heroes as, as they get older. Well, hopefully, uh, you guys permitting as this thing evolves and as new information comes out, we can uh, do a couple more of these throughout the year and uh, hear the new news and see exactly what's coming from that. And we'll uh, we'll break it here first on the True Patriot podcast, man. Now, uh, <laughs> Ellen, so back back to you on this uh, this next one here. So, uh, you know, we we've talked about uh, where the bonfire is at, where it came from, where it's going. Um, you know, one of the, one of the biggest pieces that I, I think that for folks that are, that are not plugged in, uh, that have not had an opportunity to see some of this stuff is I think that it's, it's super important to recognize the fact that PTS is not something that more than likely will ever go away. And so we're, we're, you know, we're not talking about trying to find something that, that has a magic cure for it. What we're talking about is providing avenues to help these warriors find ways to work through things and deal with, you know, and, and cope with, and you know, and we're we're all civilian veteran. We're all kind of a you know a makeup of, a, of things that have uh, uh, that have happened to us, you know, and, and and you know throughout the course of our lives. Some folks just you know have everybody has their own story, but this is where you know plugging into that civilian community out there to find ways that they can they can help with this. What are ways that folks out there, um, say that are watching this or, or friends, you know, that get uh, tuned on? What are ways that people can help the bonfire with its mission? Well, one of the easiest ways um, is obviously sharing our mission. You know, we we put a lot out on social media and through uh, mass emails, and so simply if if someone doesn't have a lot of time to to volunteer and devote a whole lot, um, just simply sharing it. On there, you know, and because you never do know who's gonna who's gonna connect to it. Um, that is one way. Another way is uh, either look at some of our um, our events coming up, and if you live in those areas or have a connection in those areas to um, uh, help provide something, whether that's um, a, an activity, um, you know, connecting us with some restaurants that can donate uh, meals or someone that has, has a, a, a house or a cabin lodge that they can uh, provide for us to, to stay. There's all sorts of um, ways that people can help us do the retreats without actually having to be at the retreats. So many of our retreats are, um, are, are secluded for a reason, you know, so that they have that that safety and peace of mind, you know, but we do have some, some events that, that do incorporate a lot of volunteers. It just kind of depends on what we're doing and where we are. Um, So, you know, the best thing is to always just, you know, if you, if, 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 if someone out there thinks that they have something to offer, um, you know, reach out to us through our website on the contact us page, or we do have a volunteer page that you can fill out a form. Um, But those are some of the best ways 
I think that people can volunteer. Like I said, we have a, a group that makes phone calls um, each month and, and um, you know, and, and honestly, we probably could use more people doing that. Um, <laughs> well, it's a quarter, every quarter, uh, because right now they're, they're getting kind of heavy. They have about, about 46 individuals each uh, to call um, yes. right now. So I think it's, it, you know, we're about to be able to open that up to more volunteers, but um, well, and that, yeah, so that those, re- are so, those are some of the, the avenues. That really speaks to one side that a lot of people don't think about that in the, in the fact that they think nonprofit and, and I'm not sure where um, people's you know brains initially go to, but what's important to remember is that you're a business and there are a ton of administrative things that have to get done. And as a small business owner, you, know, I, you, you have to wear all the hats, you know, I mean, that's, if there's one thing that's like pulling teeth to me, it's accounting, you know, I doing QuickBooks, I just would rather have my, you know, reader glasses pounded flat with a wooden mallet, you know, <laughs> than get involved in that stuff. But as a, a nonprofit, you folks even more, you know, and so, yeah, those, those ways that they can, they can chip in like that. I mean, I would say, you know, obviously anything, nothing is too small or too minute, call them up. Of course. And of course, you know, we'd be remiss. I try to do this on your behalf because the one thing I've learned about you guys, um, and this is a common denominator with the three, four uh, nonprofits I work with is one of the last things you folks ever bring up, which is the obvious one for most people. So I would bring it up, donate. This stuff isn't isn't cheap. It, you know, gas getting down the road, uh, plane tickets, getting these vets in, food to make sure they have that lodging. I mean, all these things. You know, it costs money. It costs you know time and energies and so forth. So I, I I'll be the one on your behalf. There's a donate button at the WarriorBonfire.org. That is another way. If that's the if if time isn't uh, in the in your schedule, you can certainly do that as well. Um. Guys, I just uh, if if there's anything else you want to uh, to make sure to to plug here, please let me know. Did we cover it pretty much all I've, for you? I've got one thought. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then one correction. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll give you the correction twice. Twice. Okay. It's WarriorBonfireProgram.org. What did I was I you, saying you something else? The pro, you left off the program. Oh, I did. WarriorBonfireProgram.org. Gotcha. Thank and you. I, I, and I want I want people to think about this because this is this is what I'm going to tell you is a true story. Okay. Okay. Um, two young Marines. This was a number of years ago. Two young Marines. They were ni- both 19 at the time in Iraq, and they um, are told. One of the bad guys, one of the insurgents is in that building and they need to go in there and get it. So they go into this building, the first room, there's nothing there. There's a door and they go through that next door and and as soon as they get in there, they're being fired upon. Okay? And these two young Marines, they fire back. and in that room is that bad guy, that insurgent that they were looking for, along with some of his, his family members, okay? And these kids, they see um, what, what's happened. They've killed this guy's family. Um, 
they were being shot at first. They did nothing wrong. Um, but they're 19 years old in that blood-filled room. And that's going to be with them for the rest of their lives. And we all owe it to them um, to do whatever we can for, for veterans. Um, whether it's through the Warrior Bonfire Program or some other organization that your listeners feel is, is doing a great job, but we all need to be doing something for veterans. Couldn't agree more. I, I, it's, well, and, yeah, go ahead, Helen. It, and I'll, I'll add to that um, in a correction. <laughs> but, um, uh, the, there's a, a quote, and I, I can't remember it uh, word for word, but it's, it's about the concept if, we're, if we don't take care of our veterans, then the future generations are not going to step up. You know, if they see that they're not being treated well and, and taken care of, then, you know, why would they? I mean, there are many that still would, I, absolutely, but there are some that that would cross their minds, right? So the more we take care of our veterans, um, the stronger our forces will be in the, in the future. Uh, and then my other quick correction is we did get it fixed that if you do go to warriorbonfire.org, it does work. It will take you right to the website. See, so that, was my, that was my intuition, you know, just at work there. So no, that's, that's awesome stuff. Well, listen, you guys, I can tell uh, the, the listeners that one last piece here is that my involvement um, was, was literally life changing. Uh, I spent a couple hours on the 12 and a half hour drive home. I spent a couple hours on the phone with my wife, um, explaining to her uh you know just the 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 complete mind change and and heart uh it's difficult for me to put into words but i can tell you my focus 100 moved into this mission that that small you know my family and i i can't thank you both enough for for opening this up and i am super stoked to see what 2022 i know we still have to sit down we're going to go over schedules here and see where we can get because uh, i want to try to make sure we are uh, involved as many times as, as we are permitted to do so, as long as the schedule allows and you guys find a need for us there, we'll be happy to share our, our love for the outdoors and see if we can load these guys up with some, with some fishing gear as well. That'll take some coordination, Helen. We'll have to figure that out on how in the heck we get this stuff to them. Cause I know taking fishing poles and stuff around on airplanes isn't so, <laughs> isn't so great. So we might have to work that out, but anyway, from, uh, from all of us here, I just, uh, honestly, Mike, Helen, thank you guys so very, very much for coming on the show here. And, uh, we wish you guys a, a happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thanks, Gene. Merry Christmas. Happy new year to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Thank you for having us.